So Casey's away this week, and uh, I decided to return the favor of one of the best analog episodes by bringing on a very special guest of my own. Uh, I'm joined this evening by the wonderful Adina Niamtu. You may know me as her boyfriend. Hi, you can say hello now. Hello. Did you like my introduction for you? Yeah, especially how you pronounce my name. Can you give the listeners the accurate pronunciation of your name, please? Yes, that is Adina Namtu, like in pizza. <laughs> that's how we refer to her around the house. No. Like in pizza, that's your nickname. So are you happy to be here? Yes, so I'm happy to finally be here and finally do a show on my own time zone. And um, hopefully it will come out better than the other one, even though there was a lot of positive feedback. And thank you, everyone, for the... <laughs> You're thanking your uh, your public now, huh? <laughs> no, please don't include that. No, that's going in. Um, what you're referring to is the episode of Top 4, where we spoke about Christmas songs. I just spent some time with Tiff uh, in Atlanta, and we were talking about that episode, and even then she was saying about how funny you were. <laughs> so if you think that that was a low point, then you've got some real expectations that you need to start breaking on this episode. <sighs> People are going to be expecting a lot from you. Let's see if we can do that today. So I have um, a bunch of my own questions for you. Uh, I want to because what I really loved and what I think everybody really loved about the episode that uh, Aaron and Casey did together was giving a bit of backstory of Aaron. So I want to do a bit of backstory of you because I think that it's very interesting. Um, and then we have a plethora, a cavalcade of questions from your adoring fans uh, who want to know more about you and quite a lot of uh, people who want to know what you think about me in certain scenarios is lots of that. Yeah, that's what I thought because you were saying earlier that the, there were a lot more questions for me than for you but to be fair, half of those were for about you. Well, there are people that want you to give <laughs> opinions about me that they will agree with but hopefully there'll be some, some shocks in store. So I've briefly spoken about your history on this show, I think, but I think it's worth going over a lot of it. Uh, you didn't grow up in England. I don't know if people can tell from your accent, but you don't have a, a, a an English accent like mine. So I, I want you to tell me where you grew up. So I grew up in Botoshan, which is a small town in Romania, very close to the border uh, with Ukraine and Republic of Moldova. A couple of places that probably people don't really know much about. Nope. Um, can imagine. So how long were you in Botoshan? Because you moved to Bucharest, which people may be aware of. Bucharest is the capital city of Romania. But you were in Botoshan for how long before you moved to Bucharest? So I basically grew up there since the point I was born until when I turned 18, graduated from high school. And uh, that's when I moved to Bucharest because I went to uni. Are you interested in what I did afterwards? We'll get to that in a little bit. Because okay. I think there's there's some interesting time in there because you lived in communism. Uh, only three years. So I mostly lived through the time period where people were trying to adapt to a new normal and to include more, more Western things in and experiment with more Western things, I suppose. So everything was new. But even after 
um, the revolution, I guess there was still a lot of the hangovers of communism, like poverty and just things being generally more difficult because your country was poor. <laughs> it was, right? Because yeah, 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 for people that don't know, the dictator, what was his name? Ceausescu. Ceausescu. He basically like just pillaged everyone's money to pay off the country's debts when he didn't need to. Yeah, yes, but then again, in communism, no one is supposed to be rich anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, and in, also in communism, communism, everyone in theory should be provided with a flat, a job, food, and all that. But yeah, it um, right before the nineties, I think it uh, the times were a bit worse than usual because Ceausescu suddenly decided to pay off the international debt, but also to start building the people's house so the people's uh, house which is what is it the largest man-made structure on earth is it i think or it's second after a pentagon uh, yeah but that's it, it is second after the pentagon because whilst the building and whilst the building is mammoth to see it's everything that's below ground the same as the pentagon but it's quite funny because it's not finished inside it's mostly it's huge but it's mostly finished on the outside and like on the wings but in so the people's house is basically the white house right like that's probably the closest thing you could say it was where the dictator lived yeah not that the white house is where the dictator lives yeah (laughs) but it's it's it was the house of the ruler and where all the government was as well and where parliament was which kind of makes it a, a bigger building which is why it was so huge but i guess it was mainly huge because the guy had a huge ego that was why it yep. was so big he didn't need it to be that big and even today the people's house is majorly unused right yeah i think it's still unfinished as i said the earlier yeah but it's like they're still just empty it's just like they're not even using most of it like because there was i remember they were saying they wanted to put a mall in it and stuff but people were unhappy about that Oh, no, that was across from it, um, because religion is such a big thing in Romania. Um, They started building a cathedral right opposite to it, and um, that was mostly paid for with taxpayers' money. Um, Love that separation of church and state right there. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't happen in Romania. Um, I'm not not sure of the timeline, but uh, at some point they stopped building on it and there were conversations about turning it into a mall, which is still pretty hilarious by itself. But anyway, so you spent some time in a place where I guess people were trying to adopt Western ideals, but didn't really have it in them. Um, And I guess, you know, I guess it was difficult for a while, right? Because I assume that there was only a percentage of the population that could adapt or wanted to adapt. I think people were quite hungry to embrace new things. Obviously, there are still a lot of people who who miss communism and they think of it as the good old times. Mm-hmm. But uh, mostly my parents and the environment I grew up in, I think they were young at the time when the dictator was shot, was removed from power. Um, yeah, so the people rose up. And then they basically took over Bucharest and overthrew yep. the dictator and killed him. Yep. It's like an old school revolution. It happened in the 90s. Yep. In Romania, it still feels that it's there are still a lot of remains of it. Yeah. Th- there's still quite a lot of things institutionally in Romania which are peculiar to me. Um, like 
there were during voting there's weird stuff that happens which would never happen in other countries you know like voting booths being closed in certain areas where the the current leader might get uh ousted like when they do overseas voting mm. and stuff they make it really difficult for people like you to vote um in the Romanian elections which you can do and also one of my favorite things is how much bribery there is and bribery is just accepted as a thing to get stuff done and it's just funny to me that that still occurs yeah i think it's better than it used to be um but just because you mentioned elections i think what happens at the moment is that um some people use religion to control votes mm-hmm. religion churches priests and um yeah, it's just a weird system. I didn't expect you to ask me so much about the political system in Romania, but I guess that's what interests you. It is very interesting to me because it's so very different. You like have it, prepared better my answers. It's still because Romania is is still a European country. Yeah, and Bucharest is very much a city of the world. It's like any massive European city that you go to. You know, it reminds me of Paris and you know places like that. I've been to Barcelona. It feels like a place like that. But outside of that are some very interesting pockets. Like when we drive to your hometown, we go through areas that are completely rural. It's just very different to the way that I grew up and I think very different to the way that a lot of people listening to this show grew up. So it's just yep. interesting to hear that. I think it's interesting and you know, maybe people think it's boring. So why don't we just get back to talking about you because that's more fun. <laughs> well, even though I grew up in this place that you think is very far removed from where you grew up in, I remember that once in uni I traveled to Ukraine and I thought that Romania felt quite western by comparison and um sorry Ukrainians <laughs> sorry <laughs> but um it was just a weird exchange cuz we had to pass through the customs and they wouldn't let us into Ukraine until we paid bribery and they were very they were hinting at it. They mm-hmm. weren't too subtle about it. And they kept coming up with excuses to hold us there, even though it was there were no other people trying to cross the border. And you could see how usually when you cross the border, you're only allowed like two boxes of cigarettes or so. And people would be driving by with whole cases of cigarettes and um but, you know, they would pay off the guy and it was all fine. And then we would cross, uh, when we finally did cross the border, there were police stops at every few meters, just seeing that we're coming from Romania and, again, trying to make excuses or trying to get money off us. And I was just shocked. I never have that in Romania. Well, see, but that's the thing, right? It's like what you say, you went to a place that was different, yeah, kind of in a maybe less kind of Western civilized, right? Like Ukraine seems like it was less Western because of that kind of stuff. And that's how Romania feels to me, right? Yeah, I can imagine. It's less Western than home, than England, which you must have felt. So when you moved to the UK, how old were you when you moved to the UK for the first time to come? Because you went to university in Birmingham here. Yep, I think I was 21. Right, and what was that like? When When you first came to the UK, how did it feel to you? And why did you come? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm going to answer your second question first because it feels more difficult to remember how it was back then. But um, it was a lot of um, fear of missing out because at that point we had internet, we were aligned with everyone else, we were aware of what products, music, 
clothes were coming out. Yeah, because you're in Bucharest then, which so you could basically be anywhere in Europe. Like yeah, yeah, it it is hours away, a couple of hours away. I mean, like from an attitude. Oh, yeah, yeah. So very cosmopolitan, I suppose. But yeah, we we could read about all of these artists, music, clothes, product, even even just Mars uh, launching a new candy bar. I don't know. But it always felt that it took about two years for things to actually reach Bucharest and Romania in general. And I always that always frustrated me. Um, and I wanted to be in the middle of it, mm. where where things I read about actually happen, and I can just go to O2 Academy and see whatever artist I wanted. Yeah, like where where better than London, really? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, screw it, New York. <laughs> uh, that would have been a bit more of a leap, mm-hmm. <laughs> a few more difficulties. But um, also, I feel that. Um, I never really fitted a hundred percent to Romania by the way um especially i think and I think it's more apparent in advertising because when you do advertising, you basically speak to the people and the type of advertising that was on the Bucharest market at the time was very jokey pub banter type of advertising that's oh a very situational comedy i suppose and i always think in such logical ways that i couldn't really work in that industry so it that that was what pushed me as well to come to the uk to work in advertising here and this is the home of planning which means that what is planning so it's the it's the part of the advertising process where you research the consumer, the market, and based on what you find, you create the strategy that will help you sell that product and just fit into what people need and are looking for. Um, so it was very clever and logical that I really appreciated and I couldn't find at home. And I felt that I couldn't work in advertising and thrive in that environment necessarily and um, the other thing the the third thing was that um, it's I felt that I fitted better in the British culture than the Romanian culture because in Romania um, it feels that um, bosses and managers use um, negative negative reinforcement to motivate Mm -hmm. people and I that still happens here in places. Yeah, I I never got it here. I feel it's always positive. You're doing well. You should develop, or it's more it's more sugar coated in a way. Sure. But like in Romania, I remember when I started working in advertising there that my boss called all of us the interns called us stupid, and that would never happen here. That's verbal abuse, and I really yeah. shut down when I hear okay. stuff like that. Well, yeah, you're not <laughs> stupid. Um. So you got a degree here. Yeah. So you obviously loved the UK. So I guess it's difficult to answer how you felt when you came here. But when you were here, you felt like it was the place you wanted to be, right? Yeah. Because you went back home again and then came back here again. So how long after uh, your degree were you back in the UK? Because you went to, back to Romania for a while. Yeah. So Because you had to, right? Yeah. So I came to the UK because I um, got a postgrad 
scholarship from Romania, from a Romanian NGO. And at this time, you needed a visa to come to the UK, right? Is that right? Uh, in order to work, yeah. Right, which yeah. is not the case anymore, is it? It's not anymore, and I hope that, that if uh, Britain leaves the EU, that visa will help me. I don't, I don't me. want to talk about <laughs> politics. But uh, the, uh, the thing is that I, I probably would have moved to the UK anyway, but because there were visas in place at that point, I had to. The easiest way for me was to go for education and then get a job. But um, my first degree was in economics, and I kind of knew that I wanted to do advertising. So it was a way to change my career or refocus my career. Anyway, and you have two degrees, don't you? Yeah, I have a master's degree as well. Yeah. So, so is it? One master's and one regular degree? I always yeah, get confused. Under, yeah. I tell people you have two master's degrees all the time. Oh, no. I think it sounds really fancy. So I did undergrad and then postgrad. Right, okay. Because you're super smart. Yeah, I try. So you move back here and so you mentioned that you, you mentioned about planning, but that wasn't what you started at. You do planning now. Yep. But you are trained in three disciplines of marketing, right? You did right. creative, copy, and now planning. <laughs> That's so wrong. No? It's a creative art direction. Okay, I just forgot like a couple of words. It's still but it's still a creative role though. Yeah, but copy is you basically write words and I was mostly visual. I thought you did copywriting for a while. How could I do copywriting? I don't know. You can speak. <laughs> well you, you write presentations and you write reports for people. Why could you not do copywriting? So um, you did two then? No, no so so let me start this clearly i know nothing about you <sighs> or you're, you're kind of like my mom my mom always asks me what i do and where i go and whatever and then I'm not, she I'm not like your mom and then she relays it to her friends and everything is wrong I'm every trying detail. to give people just the cliff no. notes of your life yeah okay okay so um yeah let me backtrack there yeah, so let's go back so my first degree was in international economic relations. My master's degree was in um, um, marketing communications. Uh, but I always wanted to be a creative. And because of my postgrad scho post scholarship as well, I had to go back to Romania so to work for the same amount that I studied outside of the country for. Um, so I came back to Romania and tried to get a creative job. And it was actually quite difficult because I graduated in a full-blown recession. Um, and I found a job at a place where I volunteered years before in high school, which is a PR agency in Germany that... Um, but you're still in Romania, but the company's in Germany. You didn't move to Germany. No. Yeah, I was working remotely. So millennials these days. No, no. Um, and that's where I w was an account manager and what we were doing there was basically promoting um carl cox's he's a really popular dj in the uk and europe i don't know yeah. if people know him outside of, of europe he's um i don't know how to call it like a record house or a management agency um they had a few events organized at space ibiza every summer and we would do the pr across europe for those events which was all right for a while, but I didn't particularly enjoy Carl Cox. After high school, I felt my musical taste evolved. I Thankfully. <laughs> they evolved a lot. Um, then I didn't really enjoy PR, and I didn't enjoy account management. So um, 
as soon as I could leave the country to leave to the UK, I was out of con- my scholarship contract. Basically, I just went to the UK and tried to get a job into what I really wanted to do, which was art direction. And that was actually way easier to get a job here than in Romania, which I will always find hilarious. It doesn't surprise me, though, because like, I, I was having lunch with a friend today and we were talking about you. Okay. And I was saying about what you do for a living. I told him you're trained in three disciplines, including copywriting, which is clearly an, an incorrect <laughs> fact. Uh, but I, he, you know, we were mentioning about how everyone in London is in advertising. Yep, or in media. There's so much advertising here. It doesn't surprise me you could get a job here easier in Romania because I assume there are far less advertising agencies in Romania than there are in London. Yep, uh, but because there are so many agencies here, there's a lot more competition as well. Yeah, but you've never struggled to get a job though. Like, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it's. I think that's my story. Because there are people who go through 10 internships before they get an actual job. Well, yeah, but there, there are people that can't get jobs for whatever <laughs> reason they can't get them. But I, sure. I think you are in better chance to get a job here than you were in Romania. So yeah. what are the disciplines that you have worked in in marketing? Right. So it does account management in PR, art direction in advertising, and now I do strategic planning so I was right, it was three. Yeah. But I got one of them wrong. It's account management instead of copywriting. I suppose, yeah. Let's just say yes. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. I knew I had it right in the first place. So I have met some of your friends in the UK that have lost their accent. <sighs> yeah. Now you still have your accent. And I wondered if this is a conscious decision of yours to keep it. And if so, why? Because you could force yourself to try and lose it. Because some of your friends here, they don't have Romanian accents. And they've lived here for pretty much the same amount of time as you have. Well, I feel in order to change your accent, you need to do it consciously and um, kind of like slap your wrist every time you're thinking of speaking your in your natural way and listening to yourself talk for multiple hours a day will help you change your accent just in case you <laughs> yeah, ever need that just that. to start like seven podcasts and you'll be good to go um but it just felt like too much hassle and i feel like an imposter every time i try to and you know how give, it a go. give me a british <laughs> accent come on well i just wanted to say that um you know how in the uk people say cheers about everything well thanks uh, not okay, you know, uh, chin chin. But um, I just you know feel you said that stupid. In Romanian, right? I know. I okay, did, cool. I, I just wanted to check. I'm sure some people will recognize it. Yeah, I'm sure. But um, I just feel stupid, and I know we fool around, and I I sometimes do my posh English accent. Your amazing sounds, English accent that sounds nothing like it should. I just wonder, like, because you could try, right? Yeah. If you wanted to, you could try. But I just assume that you just don't want to lose it. It's just too much of a hassle. All right, well that's that's too not, much work. That's not the national pride answer that I was expecting I was going to get. Oh. I love that the answer is just like, yeah, I can't be bothered. Oh, oh <laughs> I, if we're going to get into that conversation, I'm not that patriotic. Um, I do love my country, but I... Not enough to go back there. I love going back, but no, I wouldn't but like live, live there yeah. again. Maybe, maybe if I when I retire. I have these grand plans of us buying like a like a beach house when we retire and we go out and spend our summers on the beach out in Romania. 
Oh, a mansion. Imagine well, how yeah, I know. much we could afford there. Me and Gray went through this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> about the house prices when we got home. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But um, it's funny because if you're there and you work on a Romanian salary, it's still a bit within uh, outside of your reach. Well, everything's relative, though, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, and also we we live in a stronger economy than the euro. So, yeah. you know, we have benefits all over, but yeah. I mean, it's it's probably the same. It's as difficult to buy a house in Romania if you work in Romania and you get paid by a Romanian company as it is to buy in London, but just the prices are higher and everything is, is and everybody's paid more in London. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is why we could buy a house in Romania now because we're on London salary. Yep. Pretty much. Do you want to move? I try not to think about it. Okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right, so this is a whirlwind tour through your life. Is there anything you wanted to to tell the people about you before we move into the questions from your adoring fans? Um, Or do you want to tell people anything about me, just, you know, so they can get the real story of Mike Hurley? Oh, but there are quite a few questions about you and... Just so everyone knows, we did not discuss the answers beforehand, so they're not censored or anything. So it will all be a surprise for Mike as well. Well, I do have the power of the edit. Mm -hmm. I can take out anything I want, really. Um, But yeah, just to sum up our conversation in a way, because I feel that it's um, we've made we've maybe put Romania in a bad light, and it actually is not. Let me say something though. Okay, because you know. I love going there. I think Romania is is a great place. Uh, I love Bucharest. I really enjoy being in Botoshine. It's very calm and relaxing. I was just trying to paint the picture for how different it is as a place. And and I know that the thing that interests me is all of the change, all the differences. Yeah. So I just think that it's interesting to relay those. But you can feel free to take the stand to speak for your mother country. Sure, sure. Um yeah, what I wanted to say about it is that even though I come from one of those small towns where nothing ever happens and we just got an H&M recently, we yes, never had the McDonald's, um, that forced us to be a bit more creative and to improvise with the things we do in order to spend our time, especially while growing up and in high school. Um, but at some point, we did get, to, after the 90s, we did get cable. We got computers, we got internet, and I feel that aligned well, this. Your stru- your infrastructure is far superior to anywhere yep. else I've ever been. You know, the, the internet speeds and stuff are just astronomical. Internet speed is never an issue. But I mean here, at the point where we got internet and it was a dial-up connection. But I feel quite aligned with the cultural references of a lot of people. And I don't feel necessarily that it was detrimental that I grew up in Romania. Because I feel that growing up in that sort of places just makes you more determined to go further, maybe. I think that's about it. I apologize if I (laughs) painted your country in a bad light. Okay, that's okay. That wasn't my intention. That's okay. Um, But I feel that, like in, in all of the people that I've met, all of your friends, I feel that in them as well so like there is in the young people i mean and we were you know when we were there last time we we had uh, a nice meal with some friends and you know they we were all kind of talking about like the the ways in which romania is moving forward and like how the generation your generation 
is really kind of trying to push away a lot of the things from the previous generations. Like, the the generation that you're a part of, and I assume the younger generation as well, are very just plugged in to what is considered normal in the Western world. Whether that's right or not, but, like, that's the kind of mentality that everybody has, a more inclusive, more progressive culture and mentality. And it feels like that it's only going to continue to benefit the country as time goes on i think yeah i think that half of the people are really forward in their thinking and quite young but half of them are still young but influenced by their parents thinking in communism there is a lot of brainwashing and propaganda that Romania is the best country in the world yeah, you that... were taught like for, false history and stuff as a, as oh, a young kid yeah, yeah. basically yeah. which is amazing to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we were always told that Romania is the best country in the world, as I assume it happens in North Korea today. And I think they say that in British schools too, definitely in American schools, USA, <laughs> USA, <laughs> right? Um, and that Romanians are the smartest people, and all of the other countries are just trying to steal our talent. And I hate so much that sort of patriotism or it's brainwashing. I think because. If I were to work in a company and somebody treated me badly, I would leave and try to go in an environment where someone treats me better and values me rather than just repeating that old stuff. That we're such a remaining country, but forget about the fact that they're not treating me well. Um, and this is mostly because I I really struggled in Romania after I went home from uh, my master's degree, and I was a super spe- highly specialized person, and I couldn't find a job. I find that ludicrous. Well, I'm happy that you couldn't find a job in Romania. Sure, of course. Because as lovely as you are, I wouldn't have moved to Romania to find you. <laughs> oh, how crazy is that? I know. <laughs> All right. Sure. We should get into some questions. I, I think we've spoken about the the motherland for long enough. This episode is brought to you by IT Pro. TV. Do you have a career plan set in motion? Whether you're looking to start a career in IT or already working in the field, certifications and credentials are the key to getting that job or promotion that you've been looking for. IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement, and they do this with up-to-date, high-quality video content and by giving you access to the most important tools that you need for certification. Like, for example, what if you were looking for virtual machine labs? IT Pro TV has over a hundred of them and transcendent practice exams as well, giving you the tools that you need on top of the 1,000 hours of content that they have that they can provide you with 50 hours being added every week. They have courses on Microsoft Technology Certification, Google Apps for Work Administrator, Google Groups for Business. They have everything you're looking for to get the certifications and the qualifications that you need for the IT career you have been demanding. You can watch any of these courses live or on demand. They have apps for the Chromecast, Roku, PC. They have iOS and Android apps, and they even have apps for the Amazon Fire TV and the current-gen Apple TV as well. All of their courses are transcribed. You can watch from start to finish and jump around to that part that you're looking for super easily. They have a no-hassle cancellation policy and just one low monthly subscription price. If you're a working IT pro, this is the ongoing resource that you need to keep your skills 
current. The, uh, what I love about IT Pro TV's content is it's really personality driven and it feels quite similar to podcasts in that way. I mean, these people, they, they do live shows, they have chat rooms and they're really, they're not like stuffy people in a room giving courses to you. They are guys and girls who are really passionate about something really knowledgeable and they try and get that information across in the best way that they can. So go to itprotv slash analog to upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions are normally $57 a month or $570 a year, but we have a special offer for listeners of this show. You can try it for free for seven days when you sign up using our code analog30 at checkout and then you'll also get a 30% discount on the lifetime of your account. So it works out to less than $40 a month or $399 for the year. Go to itpro.tv slash analog to find out more. And don't forget that code, analog30. Thank you so much to IT Pro TV for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I will be reading out these questions, uh, including the person who has sent them in. To you. Some require input from me. The vast majority do not. People did not care about me in this episode. They just wanted to hear uh, from the beauty from the East. Ah, oh, they wanted to hear my impression of you or my opinion of you yeah. or just dish out the They want details. all the secrets. All right, so this comes from uh, someone from a little bit further East in Italy. Uh, his name is Federico Vecici. Frederick Tendrils. Uh, if you put his name for a translate. Did you know about this? Did I no. tell you about this? What is this? Federico uh, once had an article written about him in a local newspaper, and it was in Italian. Yeah. And when you ran it through Google Translate, it turned Federico Fatici into Frederick Tendrils, which is one of my very favorite things that has ever happened. Uh, I don't know why they tried to translate his name. I don't know why they changed Federico to Frederick. And when I asked Federico Vatici, there is a way that it could turn into tendrils. Anyway, so Frederick Tendrils asked two questions. The first one is, does Mike know how to cook pasta properly? I'm sorry to say this, Mike, but according to your standards, Federico, I'd say no. Why, do you know how to cook pasta properly, according to Federico's standards? Because I cook pasta like how you like it. <laughs> really? Oh, well, you never complain. Is oh. this a complaint about my pasta no, skills? No, no. I see you shifting awkwardly in your chair now. <laughs> Awkward ter- territory. Thank you, Federico. Um, I think I just don't mind it, but I can imagine that someone who really um, finds this stuff important, mm-hmm. like Federico, because I know he's uh, criticized right, but the, our other My question movies. is now, if Federico came here, uh-huh. do you think you could cook pasta in a way that he would find acceptable? I could try. Oh, you could try, but I couldn't try. There'd be no point in me trying, right? Uh, no, I just think that... <laughs> the amount of shifting you're doing. I wish people could see this right now. Uh, you're basically turning the chair around. You're moving so much. Oh, it's No, gonna... I appreciate the honesty. There is a, mm. a strict honesty policy in this household. I, I'm just saying that... I remember from the previous, uh, mm-hmm. our previous cooking experiments mm-hmm. with uh, the tomato sauce pasta and the pizza that Federico always had something to comment on yes. them. And I think that that's If we cook anything standards. of Italian heritage, Federico has a comment, including coffee. The standards are high. Because the thing in, Ita- in Italy is that you cook your pasta al dente, so you take them out before they're cooked because they continue to cook because they're hot, and I think that how we cook them is that um, they're 
ready. The yeah, way I like. Ready. I even like my pasta softer than you. Exactly. Like if I cook pasta exactly. on my own, I cook it. I cook it quite quite softer. But that's just yeah. how I am. That's it. I'm a softy. Um, Federico also wanted to know on a scale of one to ten, how Americanized am I? I um I performed an analysis here and I have a longer answer. What? <laughs> what have you been studying me? Are you like no. Adina Attenborough over there now? No, but it was su- such a, a question on a scale from one to ten, and I had to rate it that I felt I don't that think I you needed I, to put as much I felt I needed the rationale it. behind okay. it. Okay, but um, on a scale where one is purely British and ten is purely American, I um I'd rate you as three point seventy five. Wow, that's that is way closer to the British side than I imagined. Can you give me the criteria of which you scored me three point sure. seven five on the America scale? Sure. So I um started right at the middle because the thing is, at work I do surveys and scales, ten point scales. So here's my rationale. So I started from five. That means that you're neither American, neither British. I then tried to think which side you fall more into. And um, I realized that you don't celebrate 4th of July, you don't weep at the fireworks, and you don't give give your thanks at Thanksgiving. You don't really keep all of those American traditions. But on the other side, you love the royal family. You have a crush on Kate Middleton. Hey. 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 We all do. I know about you. Um, That's part of being British. That is exactly, exactly. So, see, I already got to four over there. Kate Middleton is the incorrect name. She is the Duchess of Cambridge, (laughs) Catherine. Of course. I'm sorry. Um, So, there you go. It's already a bit more British. Mm -hmm. Then um, I, um, what did I, I knocked off a point. Uh, So, you were more towards the British side because. I don't feel you resonate with all of the thinking in America and sometimes you don't understand why it is as it is. So that got me to three. Okay. But, I think I'm on board with this so far. But I got I added another half point because I think you love American food more than British food and you put bacon in everything and mm. maple syrup in everything. What about the words that I use on my accent and stuff. And that's why I added another quarter of a point. Okay. Because all of your British friends... I don't pick it up, but all of your British friends complain that you speak with, with you use American words rather than their British correspondence. So, three point seventy five. Nobody expected this. Well, this grading scale. So now I'm concerned about the rest of the questions because of just how seriously you've taken this. I don't. Know. Well, you told me to prepare, I, and clearly I I'm more prepared for uh, this part. I was part. expecting. Oh, it's like a seven out of ten. He likes America. Next question. But that wouldn't have been accurate. Well, I mean, sure, but three point seven five isn't an accurate number. It's more accurate. Maybe, but like you've still <laughs> according made it to up. my scale, I explained the scale. Okay. Frank wanted to know, what do you really think about Mike's crazy beard in? Inverted commas there. Crazy beard is what Frank said. I love it. Ha! Suck it, Frank. (laughs) And everybody else on the internet. Can you tell them, one, why you love it, and two, the the extra piece of information that proves that? (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think it looks good on you, and it gives you that older, mature look. 
and especially when you keep it nice and trimmed, it's really looking good. Um, yeah, but just to clarify, trimmed is still long though. Like it's still a yeah, be- it's still a beard, but like just to keep it neat. Neat, exactly. Neat is probably the best, yeah. better word. And um, actually, one of my first uh, gifts to you, I think it was. A voucher for uh, or a voucher like a gift card to this uh, basically manly spa where. Uh, well, it is a barbershop. Barbershop, yeah, that's, it is. That, that's, it's a barbershop where I, they, but I, they I just do. Think of the word. They do um, wet shaves and cut cutthroat shaves. Yeah. So you go there and you have the towel, the whole shebang. People have heard me talk about this place. Adina was the place, the person who bought me a gift certificate at this place. But with that gift certificate came another thing, which was an encouragement to grow my beard because I had oh. to grow it before I could get it cut. And that was what that gift represented was you heard me. I'm spoiling an answer for later now. You heard me talk about the fact that I th- thought it would be nice to have a longer beard, but wasn't sure what to do. So you gave me that gift certificate as an encouragement for me to grow it so I could have it cut and could keep a longer beard rather than just the stubble, basically, that I had when we met, oh. pretty much. But yeah, I, I so, love it. So, so there you go. It was all my fault. If you don't like it, you have a dinner to blame. So <laughs> And a lot of people it. know my uh, social profiles now. So this is why I put this question next, which is what is the most thoughtful thing that Mike has done for Adina and Adina has done for Mike? So we decided to take this question in that we would answer it for the other person. So the most thoughtful thing that you have done for me is gift giving. Now, I struggled with, with two gifts for the same reason. So it was this one, it was the Murdoch one, because you heard me talk about something I wanted to do and encouraged me to do it. And the other was for my birthday this year when you bought me the Lego Ghostbusters set, which was incredibly expensive, way more expensive than any gift you should have spent. And it was purely because you'd heard me talk about how excited I was about it. And it is the the most thoughtful thing that you do for me is listening to what I say, remembering it, and then providing me with something to make me make a change or to provide me with something that you think that I would enjoy. Oh. So that's the most thoughtful thing that you do for me. I do. I do actively listen and uh, uh, gather gift ideas for special occasions. I do so, do that. Now you need to say something great about me. Or whatever it be. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think that the most thoughtful thing you've done for me was um, when you asked me to move in here. And uh, so the whole context of that was that we had a lot of talks around it, like especially more logistics that my contract is ending, that we could do So your this. contract on your flat in London was coming to a no. close. That was what it was. And you'd had a rocky end yep. to that arrangement. Yeah, because of my flatmates, it yep. ended on a sour note. Mm-hmm. Some people went crazy, but uh, and I could have gone to rent with other people, but that would have meant new people, strangers, and getting to know them again and getting to know their um, weird foibles. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I felt a bit fed up with it. We were talking that we might move in together, but it wasn't the right time because you had just started Relay and mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. And it was kind of decided, I think, that I was going to move here. It felt like the best solution. 
But I thought the mo- the nicest thing that you could have done is that you actually you turned it into a moment and you asked me and you prepared this kit for me. That oh, I forgot I did this. Oh, it was the cutest thing ever, and I think it was like a welcome or a starter kit because yeah. you basically gave me the key and um, along with a card or something that basically said that it's a voucher for you to buy me a mug, a bathrobe, a pillow, and everything. You, you never need. got a bathrobe, but you got everything else. Do yeah. you still want a bathrobe? I still, I still don't have a mug. I've bought you mugs. What about the penguin? That's not mine. You oh. got it as a gift. Well, it's yours. And, okay, well, I'll buy you want a mug? I'll buy you no, a mug. No, no, because in Portland, you did ask me if I wanted one, and I just said no. But We have yeah, lots of mugs. We have so many mugs. But yeah, I think that was the nicest thing ever. That was pretty good, actually. I forgot that was I did pretty that. good. That I remember when I had that idea. Oh, you felt pretty good I about felt it. Pretty right? good about that. Yeah. Because yeah, it was a difficult thing for, for both of us, because yeah. I think. I mean, whilst the the last year or so has been amazing, and I'm so happy that we did this, I think at the time both of us were need, weren't sure if it was the right thing to do at that time. Yeah, I think it was earlier than both of us would have would have ideally moved in together. Yeah, so how long we've we been together for that point? Like a year? I think a year and a couple of months. Yeah, or something. it was about it was about a year. Yeah, because you moved in in January and we met in December the year before, yeah, so yeah. it was. About a year when we decided to move in together, and I think it was a little bit sooner than we would have wanted. It was too soon that we wanted to get our own place, and obviously, of course, at that point, my mum was still living here as well. So yeah. there was, you know, we had to make sure that it was everything was going to be okay with everyone in this house. Yeah, so it, it was wasn't a, just the two of us. Yeah, it was a high stress situation. We were trying to move all of your personal belongings into a house that couldn't fit them. It was difficult. <laughs> But I'm so pleased that we did it because I love having you here. I love that we live in this house together. It makes me very happy. But I do have this weird thing. I've said this to you that that since you moved in, this doesn't feel like my home anymore. <laughs> because now I'm just waiting until we have our own yeah. place. So like we, this is just all since since you moved in, this is always just like the stop off until the next move. Which who knows when that will yeah. be? End of the year, hopefully. Francisco asked if you hosted 300 podcasts like mike does what would some of them be about i think francisco is trying to get you uh, to audition here <laughs> okay to see whether he'd like what i'd create well I, maybe to me right oh. so i can oh. so i can green light a show oh gosh with it, the wonderful it, Edina. i don't think that would be a problem i think you're always encouraging me to I think am. about that stuff but um, it's something I always think about and I haven't really reached the idea. But um, the sort of things I'm most drawn to are um, uh, just delving into a certain topic in order to understand understand why something has reached critical mass at the time that it has or why something that's normal now has become normal so some examples of that would be that two years ago, everyone in London just started wearing New Balance shoes. And I, I could never get it. And that, that it would always bug me because there was no advertising campaign, no nothing, but everyone started wearing them. Or um, just stuff like that. Maybe that's not with an international appeal, but it would definitely be... Sounds a, like mystery show. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I think it would definitely be a mix between mystery show plus money and 
surprisingly awesome maybe and that's a problem really showing off your listening habits here we'll get to this later on <laughs> breaking my heart but but it's uh, it's just that i'm really interested in cultural strategy and how some brands or how some certain things manage to ride the cultural wave and become as popular as they are now and it feels that there's already a lot on the market about that and it feels that it would require a lot of research that I'd have to do mm-hmm. outside work and a lot of production values you're good on the production side like <laughs> I know some people you know they have some equipment and they know how to produce a show like the production is not an issue Mm-mm. but um yeah I still feel I haven't found the one but okay you're not adverse to the potential idea for you. It's more just what is the idea of the thing you want to do about it. Like you're not, you're oh, not yeah. adverse to the idea of having a podcast, clearly. Yeah. Because this did not take a lot of convincing to have you on the show today. No, I, I, love, I love being on podcasts. It's just that I always feel um, <laughs> like I can't find my words or I'm not funny enough. and I. You are really boring. I am in comparison so to bad. the top four show. Yeah, right? oh, it's just terrible. You were the number one thing on that Please. Christmas show. Sexy Christmas, all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. That was that was top notch. All right. Okay. Will wants to know if I talk in my sleep. I don't really know why Will wants to know this. Yeah, that, um, that was a weird question. I, I raise my eyebrows towards Will, but I think it's an interesting question to answer nonetheless. Do I talk in my sleep? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Will is not being creepy as much as like Mike talks so much. <laughs> right because it's my job to talk does he continue to talk in his sleep that's what i'm going to uh, assume will means as opposed to will's just wonder if i'm a good bedfellow yeah the, the thing is that i wouldn't know because i usually just come home from work we have dinner and i pass out yeah, before, you, long you, before you, sleep, you yeah you, and you sleep pretty soundly yeah too. But I did hear you once talking in your sleep, and okay. I think it was when you had the, that infection in your body and you were delirious. I think you were talking crazy stuff. That was, that was bad times. That was bad times. We talk about that quite a lot. That was real tough. <sighs> real tough stuff. Do you want to make any more comments about my sleeping habits? You um, know, like you are in the prime position right now to say if I snore, you can talk about the amount of the bed that I take up. <laughs> but you're not going to talk about any of those no, things, are you? No. Why is no. that... <laughs> Because I'm guilty of all of them. them, Oh, so thank you for bringing that up. That's what I do. Christine wanted to know, uh, Mike, we know that you have introduced Adina to pens, podcasts, and Star Wars. What has she introduced to you? I think outside of cultural things Mm -hmm. that you have done, uh, so like showing me uh, Eastern European movies and stuff like that, which are interesting. I haven't disliked anything that I've seen the biggest thing is food (laughs) so since we met my diet is massively different Um, I'm healthier and happily healthier Um, I don't feel like I'm having to do it just because somebody's telling me to my diet is vastly varied Um, and you know I have had eating issues over my life that uh, meeting you for various reasons uh, helped those go away, which is one of the best things that ever happened to me. So I appreciate the fact that you made my life better in that way. Oh, when you first mentioned food, I was thinking about the Romanian food. That was definitely not uh, something uh, good. I introduced I don't want to talk you to. About that. No, okay. Nice. No, um, okay. 
It's like it's like PTSD type stuff. <sighs> okay. Kevin wants to know what your feelings are on hashtag Mike was right. So was that born out of, like out of your opinion on iPhone Plus six plus? It was originally born on, uh, on out of my opinion of the six plus, but then over that year, uh, it was a successful year for me because I made a couple of really good predictions. Mm-hmm. So another one was I predicted that the iPads and p- potentially the iPad Pro would be released in the iPhone keynote, which nobody expected would happen, but I stuck to my guns on that. So there were a couple of things that happened through that year. And then it became a bit of a meme. Uh, then there was yeah. the nose tapping thing, the nose tapping on the watch, <laughs> yeah. where, where Stephen and Federico thought I was crazy, but then it seemed that there was a groundswell of people doing that. So it was a, a few different things, but the whole yeah. idea of me being right all the time. What do you think about that? Am I right all the time? Oh no, we. I mean, <laughs> who's right all the time? Uh, half of the times you have. Oh the yeah, times that's, that's so. Such that's, politically. Isn't good. that great that it's exactly fifty-fifty yeah. all the time? Exactly. Um, no, I, I think that the hashtag itself or the phrase is a great meme and a great marketing thing because every time something happens to match your opinion, it's just that thing. Mike was right. <laughs> It, what, my favorite it. thing is you can search the hashtag and usually there's somebody posting something. <laughs> One tweet per second. Not, not that no, much. Not that, no. no, it's not. It's not. It's not a trend like that. Oh, uh, okay. But um, yeah, we don't go around the house and with me just saying hashtag Mike was right. So well, that yeah, doesn't you'd happen. Because you never admit it. No, no. <laughs> you know that we have a lot of debates around certain topics and it's, nothing comes easily like that. And uh, Shireen would like to know. What is the hardest part about Mike's, again, inverted commas, celebrity status to deal with? Uh, and how do you cope with it? I think... The celebrity part is like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's something that I have to qualify, which is I am a celebrity for a couple of days a year in specific yeah. places in the world. That's how I feel about it as well. But um, I think the only part that i might feel weirder about it is is just how it not reflects on me but how it spreads towards me in that people have started following me on my social media profiles which is totally fine i never post anything anyway we encourage it it's uh, adina with three a's on all the <laughs> social networks instagram instagram mainly right twitter you yeah. don't tweet well they should know that i mostly stalk them yeah, if watch they follow out. me yeah watch out i never all of your things. uh thoughts and dreams will be discovered oh i've looked into some people who've posted some questions oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's research that's what i call it okay great it's my job but um, what was let's it? take a quick sidebar from this celebrity thing and talk about this stalking for a moment. <laughs> Research. So, we've spoken about this before, me and Casey have, about the fact that me and you met online. Sure. And I found out later on that you had thoroughly stalked <laughs> me before we met for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, this was part, part uh, you were able to find out a lot about me because I'm a person who lives on the internet. And you gave your real full name on the website. Yep, on OkCupid, I used my name, which is one of, in hindsight, mm. the most ridiculous things I've ever done. I don't know why I thought that that was a good <laughs> idea, but that was what I did. You weren't difficult to find, though. I did look you up. Yeah, because I had, I had my handle that I use on every yeah, social so account, you, you so it wasn't that You weren't difficult. that much smart. So. No, no. Um, but uh, 
you were even able to find blogs and blog posts that I didn't even know existed from when I was like 15, pouring my heart out over uh, oh, Lost Loves. Oh, they're so cute. I love those. So whilst, again, so these things, whilst I think they are mortally embarrassing and would do anything in my power to stop you from seeing them, mm. they actually help me out. Weirdly. Yeah, like, how can you better learn about a person than when he's like 16 and pouring his heart and soul into a blog that he hopes nobody will read? Like, he's not even, you wouldn't even censor yourself, so. But Just, also one of the good things about meeting you is you were able to highlight all of the, these things for me so I could now remove them. So they are definitely yeah, gone from yeah. the internet. Well, the thing is that in my job, a lot of what I do is trying to find insights and insights require a lot of research and um, I always need to go to the 200th page of Google results for example to find that one piece of information that someone else wouldn't find because the first 20 pages of results for example would mean that everyone would have access to it and everyone could use it so I'm just used to delving deeper and deeper until I find the most interesting bits. All right, so let's go back to the question about the celebrity status thing. So for you, the most difficult part is, or the the strangest part is that people try and find you too? No, so it's not that. It's when people start to participate in my conversations, or even though I don't post, but when they start to comment and... And you're not necessarily saying that people shouldn't do this, or... or, But it's just a strange thing for you to deal with. Exactly, it's a new thing, completely new thing. Because it's that that I don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're not actively participating, and and you're kind of already brought in a, a higher level than I was, for example, when I was first starting out trying to do this. Sure. Right, because nobody would find me, but people can hear about you, and and people, and again, I don't think that this is a weird thing. I've done this. Yeah. You know, um, like there have been people that I hear about on podcasts, um, like friends of people or uh, relatives of people or spouses. You know, I've I've followed their accounts because if I think that they are interesting, you know, yeah. So that's why people do it. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're trying to be creepy and creepsters all the time. Uh, you know? no, and I don't think you're saying that, but I think it's important to say, again, Adina, A-D-I-N, <laughs> three A's on all the social networks. Uh, if you really didn't like it, you'd make them private. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I can't argue with it. Jeff, uh, Mr. Bruckwicky. He had the most interesting questions. Has three questions. Uh, the first one is, what a, What uh, does Mike do that bugs you the most oh i think jeff here is trying to start a fight Uh but um if i could mention one thing well that's the question (laughs) it's when we're trying to decide on somewhere to go or something to eat Mm -hmm. and you don't come up with any options and i lay some options on the table and you start vetoing them for Mm -hmm. specific reasons yep but i know i I got used to it. You know, you do. I'm not the only person in the world that does this. Uh, okay, so, yeah. There is an app, I can't remember the name of it, I think it's called Request or something like that, which is built because of this purpose. <laughs> so, like, it chooses for you. Okay, but I think the way we go around that is that we always keep lists, or I at least keep adding to lists places that I would like to go eat or 
movies would like to see yeah. and, and then also over time i'm getting better at trying more new things so it's broadening our potential horizons i think sure yeah i like how you're just like yeah whatever <laughs> that's what you think <laughs> what is the top pen that you have taken from me um and you have taken a few a couple but um it's kind of funny that we went through that massive search for the perfect pen on uh, the pen addict, and we ended up with me stealing two of your pens, didn't I? Yeah, well, maybe I had the perfect pen. Yep, you had the perfect pens. It was the Pilot. Metropolitan. Metropolitan, which I love, and I can't... I, I, We've been well, through about three of those. Now, yeah, exactly. To be fair, I stole both... Of the, I stole two pens from you, and I broke them, mm-hmm. and bought them again and broke them and mm-hmm. it should be better with my pens but it's the pilot metropolitan and the twisby diamond mini that yeah that's not what you're using Medium right now nib. now you're using a twisby eco yeah not very happy with it but i got i'm tired with the mini the eco oh i i hate that the cap never um you can never cap fit doesn't it. post yeah, and uh, I think I they're actually making it. a posting version of that pen. Sure. So. But um and I always just lose it around the office and um, I much preferred the smaller mini version, but easier to lose. No, no, I never lost it. What about it. the Retro 51? Um the Retro 51, I like writing with that and I do and I did still actually a few from those, especially the And I've caught you as well with some mm-hmm. of my more expensive pens. Do you remember when you were walking around with my $250 Sailor Pro gear for a few days? I, I never took it out of the You never took it house. out of the house, but like it just kept appearing in, in places. Do you remember that? No, I think I probably just grabbed it to make some notes while I was working from home. But Yeah, I, but it for a couple of days was just oh. not where I would leave it. It was in your domain for a little really? bit. Really? I yeah. think you're thinking of the pen that you couldn't find at no. And you're blaming it on no, me. No, the orange one. This yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. I think you lost it. it no, wasn't, I've uh, never lost this pen because it's my favorite pen. Mm. There was a time, I have a vivid memory of you sitting at the desk you're sitting at right now. You have paper all over it. I walked in and you were using it. I was like, mm. what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm just using it. It's nice. <laughs> oh, I won't remember that because I was horrified. Oh, okay. Fountain pens. I'm a left-handed person. All right. Right-handed yeah. people using my fountain pens Nugget. over Nugget. long periods of time, it can affect the, what, the way that they feel. Okay, so that would be the top pen then. There you go. All right. There you go, Jeff. See what you've started. Jeff's final question is, do my feet smell? I think now more than the usual person's. More than yours, though. Well, I yeah. think guys usually. Well, you wash my slippers <laughs> more than wow. uh, more than I would expect them to be washed. I come home or whatever, and they're not around anymore because they've been washed again. Well, and then you bought the odor eater spray for me. Oh, you're so, really giving it all away. But I, I don't think... care if people think my feet smell. Just don't smell my feet. <laughs> I I just think it's not. Still, not more than any other guys. It, people don't have to leave the room. No. No, it's not that bad. Not that bad. It's bad enough, just not that bad. Alexander wanted to know, how has technology impacted how the two of you interact? When does it help and when does it get in the way? I'm interested to hear your answer first. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think that we're both quite independent and 
we can always I can go out with my friends. You can go across the world to the US and just see my friends. That's where I go yeah, out of my friends. Much. They're on That's the other continent. Much. Um, and technology helps us to stay in touch, to feel close without mm-hmm. being in the same yep. room. But it does get in the way where when we are in the same room, it's evening here, but it's full working day in the US and a lot of your friends are or business is trying to reach you. Um, but um, I think I think, still think you're quite good with it. And I understand why it happens sometimes. But yeah, that's when it gets in the way, I think. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. So I think that technology is good for us because without it, we wouldn't be together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also it helps me and you stay in contact when we're away from the home and also when we're in other countries. Like it, it helps us stay in contact that way. Um, and I agree that I think, I don't think technology gets in the way. I think my business gets in the way. Yeah. But I think that's very normal for people that are self-employed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I am, I do try and be very conscious of when you come home. Yeah. Um, I I try my very best to put everything to the side unless something is scheduled and there's nothing I can do about it, which does happen. Mm-hmm. I try my best to put things to the side uh, and the Apple Watch has been very helpful with that because I then will only, in most instances, of course I break like everybody does and will just go on Twitter randomly, but in most instances I will uh, I will pull out my phone to do something when I can see on my watch that it's something that I must attend to. Yeah. And I, I do my best to make that clear to you when I do it as well. Yeah, why you did. Um, and I have, for example, today I've been at home because I wasn't feeling well and I could see that that was your working time and we could be next to each other working on our stuff, not talking for an hour. And I can definitely see the difference between during the day and during the evening. Yeah how we interact yeah okay good i'm pleased that you feel that way mm. uh lamba asked uh, are there any plans to create a new podcast of just the two of you so i'm jealous that top four exists because having heard that show that's the show i want to do um i wouldn't have come up with that idea on my own uh but i would very much enjoy to have a podcast of you for the same reason um that I enjoy listening to top four because I think it's fun to hear two people that are intimate with each other talk because they have their own sense of humor and chemistry Mm. that is unmatched in any other type of relationship. Um, Like I have great chemistry with all of my co-hosts, but we don't share beds that often uh, if at all. And, you know, so I think it makes a big difference. And and I, I think people are probably enjoying our playfulness in that way. Like we are being silly of each other. And I think that that's fun to listen to. It's why I love Top 4. Um, top 4 is a great premise, but my favorite thing about the show is listening to Marco and Tiff have their back and forth. Mm, have you yeah. listened to the Bagel episode yet? Um Yeah. 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 Oh, the ending was the ending's awesome. So good. Don't I spoil it. But like, it, that's the thing that I love. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I think that me and you would do some. Like, if we would do a show together, it would be similar in that regard. That we were we we don't uh, we don't tiptoe around each other. We make fun of each other. Mm. And I think that that's f- fun to listen to. So I would petition um, our shared listeners right now 
to suggest some ideas yeah. for the Mike and Adina Variety Hour. Yeah, based and what on that might look like what parts they enjoyed more, most well, or just, what topics yeah, and not topics just about and... me dishing out details about you. <laughs> yeah, that was as fun as that would be. And I don't want it to be like, you know, I want it to be something fun yeah. that we do. I don't want me and you to discuss music news or anything like that. Like, <laughs> no. You know, so uh, I welcome suggestions. What did you have to say? Um. So I would love doing a podcast and... With me or just... No, with you. Okay, with great. you, sorry. Okay, just to be you didn't specific. say that, so that I would true. love doing a podcast. It I... could be you. It could be somebody else. I don't really care. <laughs> no, no, with you. Um, I don't know what it would be about. I've never... I haven't reached that idea either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just... Um, I just don't know whether it would be a top... Uh, I don't think it would be a talking show without a predefined theme or structure in some way because I'm they not very a, good at well, reacting shows on the need spot. That. They need that. Like, unless it's Bonanza, right? Like, yeah. It's the only one of my shows uh, where we can just, just sit down and we just go. Yeah, but exactly. I, I like to have structure in everything else because there have been yeah. some horrifically terrible episodes of Bionic <laughs> and Bonanza because of that reason. Yeah. You know? You, you should say no. They're all great. Oh, they're all great. Tearaway pants great. for the win. Um, what was that? Tearaway trousers. Trousers. Sorry, I, I was you being said American. Terry pants. I was like, no. who is Terry pants? It's Matt. No, Matt is the no, no, no. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not that spontaneous. I need some structure to prepare ahead and whatever. Okay. And even even earlier, you took me by surprise with some questions, and I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. But I think I, I'm better now. That is my skill as a great interviewer. I'm afraid you, oh, just have, you to have to just that. cut the entire first half of the show. Yeah, no, it's gone already. Don't I, worry about it. No one will ever hear it. We have a question here. Uh, we have a couple of questions from Doug. Actually, uh, Doug wanted to know who is the bottleneck when it's time to get ready to go out. What oh. do you think? Well, classic situation: the girl. And the- okay, so I agree with this, but it's not for the standard reasons, I don't think. You yeah. don't, like, parade in here and say, like, is this outfit right? Oh, it must change. <laughs> like, you don't do that. You're just slow. <laughs> like, it's not that, like, you're taking, like, hours and hours to pamper yourself whilst you look stunningly beautiful uh, every time yes, that you leave yeah. the house. Oh, you. You're pretty... Um, you're pretty well set in knowing what you're going to wear and knowing how you're going to have your hair and you don't go crazy about those things. Mm. You just take a long time. <laughs> right? Is yeah. that fair to no, say? No, that's pretty good. I don't like to be rushed. Um, especially, and I I like, I prefer waking up early, for example, so I can do everything like take a shower, have my coffee without rushing, watching a TV show, biscuits, yeah. It's, I just, I... Wake me up. Yeah, yeah. I just have my rituals and I don't like to rush with anything. And I think just because it always feels like I should take a shower and just be squeaky clean and everything from scratch and put that new clothes on. That is something that most people find to be a good thing when they go out. Yeah, but I think of course it is, but there's always time for a shower or I make time for one. So Even it if it makes us late. Yeah, yeah. It's worth it. Doug also wanted to know uh, what you think about my iPads Pro, the fact that I have the small and the large iPad Pro. Oh, so about the fact that you have two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's ludicrous, but uh, it's at the same time, it's 
it seems you have a good reason to have them. This is what you do. You report on these things. You, um, you're always keen to experiment with new ways of working and increase your productivity by just a little bit in order to <laughs> by optimizing your setup and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. of those. Can't and, stop optimizing my setup. Yeah, exactly. But. No, in a way, it's. I think I'm a bit jealous as well because the way I work, it's kind of like someone decides decides it for me. So whenever I start a new job, I get a PC, a crappy PC usually. You and, were given the option of a Mac. Yeah, but the problem is it? in corporations that Macs always get errors when trying to connect to servers. Office always crashes. So. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I never have the choice and it's kind of, I'm jealous that you can always just experiment and work the way you want to. It is a bit ludicrous that you have two two sizes and you always try to come up with these theories and rationale. Whatever works for you, whatever. <laughs> Wit would like to know uh, your favorite pizza toppings. My absolute favorite would be the classic Italian, just... Tomato, freshest ingredients, tomato sauce, mozzarella. 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 I'm, I'm sure that was probably how I did my British accent. This is probably my Italian accent, just the worst. Um, with fresh basil and maybe prosciutto and a bit of parmesan, even though that's expensive. But I, I've recently discovered New York pepperoni pizza, which I really love as well. I just want to take a quick step back to the accent thing. Because uh -huh. you mentioned about, oh, that was my Italian accent. So it's like my British accent. So everybody listening heard nothing different. That's my favorite thing about your accents. Like when you do accents, they just sound the same. You you just talk <laughs> higher or lower. That's all there are. they are. That, that's why I would love it if you would do an accent. Uh, but I think you have to get much further into your drink uh, before yeah. you do an accent. Because my favorite thing, one of my very favorite things about uh, Idina is her her British accent because it just sounds like a high pitched version of her own voice. It does <laughs> because to me your accent is so thick <laughs> that it's all I can hear. But I bet in Romania they're like that's an English accent, <laughs> probably. You know, yeah. Well, well, it's like I'm pretty sure I could not do a convincing Romanian accent either. Yeah, I couldn't even try. No one would ever ask you to. So you could. I think we have a, like a British slang question coming up, so maybe I'll try. Yep. Okay. Leave so, a bit of that there. Yeah, please do. Uh, <laughs> it's actually the next question. I wanted to say pepperoni um, and pineapple are my favorites. Come at me, haters. Kind <laughs> of. I would drop the mic if it wasn't uh, the thing that I needed. Um, and Will wanted to know: Are there some British slang words that you can't get used to or love? So, <laughs> I love British slang. I think okay. it sounds hilarious. And I wrote down, down some words that I right. love. Like, a bit of a wobble. Is that a that, British accent? That, that, no, that wasn't do you good. See, do you see what I'm saying? Oh. A bit of a wobble? Wobble, yeah. Who says that? <gasps> I don't know. It's, a bit of a wobble, what is that? It's like... like what does that mean? Um... Like you're not walking straight. It's oh, like a wobble. You're, not, you're you're wobbling. Yeah. Oh, so wobble is the word. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So I was just thinking. <laughs> I don't think that's slang, not- though. It's just the word wobble means to be unstable. Oh, so what what would you think of British slang? It's a bit wobbly. That's Isn't the that phrase. Slang? That's not an international word, only in Britain. No, I'm saying that would maybe be the, the kind of the colloquial word, and he's always oh, gone a bit wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next up, with the accent again, please. I love when British people get angry, and so angry, that the worst thing that comes out of their mouth is, oh, blimey. Blimey. <laughs> oh, no, it, it doesn't... Blimey is one. Yeah, I'm feeling very conscious now. I'm like, I can't, I feel I'm not doing my British accent. No, you're not. No, no, I'm not. It's um, way better than this. Bugger. Bugger, yeah. The other one, oh, that I can't get used to. Uh, Well, first of all, Cockney slang. Yeah, but nobody really uses that. Yeah, but so I, well, that's what I wanted to say that. I couldn't even tell if someone spoke to me in Cockney slang, but I mean like in bangers and mash and whatever. Cockney rhyming slang, but that's not... Bangers and mash, I don't think is Cockney rhyming slang. It's just another way to call sausages and mash. No, that's cash. Bangers and oh, mash. Oh, I see. Right, so right, right, I, right. I couldn't even tell if yeah, someone nobody, spoke to me in that. But nobody uses it. People use it, but when they use it, they... They, they don't structured environment they're just they're forcing themselves to use okay. it like people don't talk like that anymore. sure so but, this is cockney um, rhyming slang which um i don't know why it originated but where i grew up uh in east london basically people spoke in like a pseudo code to each other people will be familiar with phrases like apple and pears instead of stairs dog and bone instead of phone things like that and but then they would mention like you know i'd say like uh like barnet Right, so this is yeah. this is a good one. This is one that people like my nan still use. Barnet means hair. Oh, okay. Right? Because it's Barnet Fair. Yeah. So basically the way that Cockney Rhyming slang works is the second word rhymes with the word that you're trying to say. But then what you do is, because everybody knows what the, the whole thing is, you just say the first word. I don't yeah. know why this began. I'm sure there's a really great Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. And you'll find it in our show notes. Okay. Where can people find the show notes? In the app. That'll do for me. <laughs> the Relay FM app or relay.fm slash analog slash 79. Sure. Cockney slang or rhyming slang mm-hmm. is never used. But the one thing I can never get used to, I don't understand how it works in the social construct, is the phrase, you're right. No, that's not. I didn't say it well. You're right. You're right. You're right there. And the thing that is was that- it. That was the British accent, everyone. <laughs> that is the, the accent that you do. It's um, that one. You're right there. <laughs> Hello. I am, a, I am a British person, you see. Because... Oh. Um, the- <laughs> <laughs> are you happy with yourself? What I just did is my impression of you yeah. trying to be a British person, which I do I, a lot. I, yeah, home. a lot. The second level down. Hello. Hello there. Hello yeah, there. Okay. Um, but... Um, Hmm. What was it? Yeah. So, right, so, yeah. so it's when it's when people ask you, "You're right," and they do that while walking past you, and they're already five meters away. It, when but you're they're not actually answer. asking the question, "Are you all right?" I know, but like you're supposed to answer back, "You're right," and you're supposed to answer back, "You're right." Yeah. And it's you're like right? you you never even have time. They're already in a different room by the time you right, answer. But you're not the answer of you are you all right is are you all right? Nobody's actually asking you the question. Mm. Is that you're right? 
It's like saying hi. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, I I can get well, why why it's, it's a lot. Well, of also like, I will remember early on in our relationship, and I'd say to you like hello, you say hello, and in the morning I'd say are you all right or are you okay, <laughs> and you'd be like why. What's the problem? <laughs> all I was just asking, and we still have this every now and then. Yeah. Even now, like, I will say something, and every now and then you're like, yeah, why, what's the... Uh, all I'm doing is just checking if everything is okay in your world, <laughs> but it's like the third degree. So I have some things of yours. Um, okay. Not slang, but just general terms and words that you find difficult that I find hilarious. <laughs> okay. So my favorite is we don't switch off things in our house. We don't switch off the light. We don't switch off the TV. What do we do to them? We close them. We close them. We close, them. We close the light. We close the TV. Uh, we close the tap. We open the tap. We don't, <laughs> we don't turn the tap on and off. We open it and close it. And I find this endlessly entertaining. Um, hands and feet is an interesting one because I found this out very recently that in Romanian there is no word for hands and feet. It's just the end of the arm and the end of the leg is the literal translation, right? Pretty much, yeah. There's no real word, unless it's medical, but yeah, there isn't in spoken Romanian. Which is very funny to me, but my number one favorite of these things is sitting and standing. <laughs> so there is no... There is no... Uh, this happened the first time. So uh, recently, more recently, um, in the morning, Adina wakes me up. And I think you enjoy it. Yeah. You seem to enjoy waking me up in the morning. I like it because I have a real nice start to my day. And it's helping me wake up earlier. So I'm awake at like 8.30 in the morning now, which is great. Bear in mind, I go to sleep at 2 a.m. Like, I'm not lazy. Um, and w- on one of these mornings, Adina said to me, I'm not leaving... Until you stand on your butt. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> so my imagination is that she wants me to put my feet on my butt. Like, I can't work out what I'm meant to be doing here. And it basically what she was asking me for me to do was to sit on it. Like, to be sitting up rather than laying down. So a phrase often used in our house is that people should be standing on their butts. <laughs> But so one of the funny things about all of these things is I now say all of these things at home, but not in a funny way a lot of the time. Like, I will yeah. ask you to close the light because this is just something that becomes just part of the way that we speak to each other. And I enjoy that a lot, actually. And uh, ju- just to um, explain okay. explain where that's coming from is because in Romanian we have one word with well, yeah. 20 meanings depending yeah. on the context of the sentence it's part so. of the fact because English is so incredibly Nuanced large well. yeah. a language and complicated and, and we overcomplicate things yeah and that's just the first concept of a word that my brain goes to yeah anyway Standing on your butt, which you're doing right now. Uh, right now, standing, right now, standing on my butt, talking to you all. Peter wanted to know what podcasts do you listen to, Edina? Well, obviously, analog. Um, That's true, actually. That is true, and Cortex. And Cortex. And um, is it you have Bionic tried now? Uh, uh, and Bonanza. Bonanza. <laughs> I, I wrote that Bionic. <laughs> so over the time, over the course of time, you. Have tried other Relay FM shows. Yeah, I've tried them all, I think. But they're just certain ones of them tickle your fancy a little bit more. 
than yeah, others. Yeah, it's just I'm actually curious what you guys are going to talk about on Analog or on Cortex and or Bionic. Blah. Bonanza. 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 Um, I'm just curious about what you're going to talk, and I really, re- I'm really excited when the episode comes out. Because they they meet your tastes and interests more than something like connected yeah. or upgrade. They're just not the things that you're that interested in, really. Yeah. Um, but of course, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> your tastes vary much further outside of the. Uh, Relay the beautiful sphere. walls of Relay FM. <laughs> what else do you listen to? Well, outside of Relay, my favorite uh, podcast is Planet Money. You can say that Planet Money is your favorite podcast. It's fine if you say that. Okay. Because okay. you listen to it all the time. So Yeah, I've started going back. So I want to tell you something that I think is quite funny Oh, about your Planet Money uh, love. Uh-huh. Is that you were saying, what I love about Planet Money is the episodes are 15 minutes. Yep. Do you know how long we've been recording? Yep. Yeah, we've I've been recording it. now for an, for 90 minutes. That's <laughs> so how long we've been recording. I can see how you get there. Exactly. It's pretty easy, right, to just keep going. Pretty easy. It, do you know when it's easy to do 15 minutes? When the whole thing is scripted. <laughs> Another mic drop. Okay. But, um, yeah, planet money. Uh-huh. Uh, I do enjoy Hello Internet as well. and I Because that's funnier if you started from the beginning. I yep. did that. That was my uh, thorough recommendation to you because you jumped into Hello Internet yeah. and I strongly recommended you go back to the beginning because the show really builds over time. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, I've kind of lapsed on that one because of the long episodes, whereas planet money was just easier to... Listen 15 minutes here and while I do this and all that. Um, uh, another favorite was the mystery show. I just say was because who knows? <laughs> mystery show RIP, right? RIP yeah, mystery show. Pretty much. Um, you loved Serial too. Oh, of course. Yeah, Everybody cereal. did though. But you didn't really like season two too much. Um, I thought it was interesting, a clever choice of topic. Cause, did you no. finish it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you uh, preferred season one though, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I think with season two, I always wonder, so where is this getting to? And yeah. It, and it just exposed how messy it all got. You, you, I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but it kind of followed the same recipe, and I think it'll get boring if they do a few more of these, but clever choice of topic. Mm-hmm. No one will know her in uh, the military court or in Afghanistan, so, yeah. Yeah. I um, do enjoy a bit of startup as well. I love when uh, Noznin come on, comes on. I love She's listening. Great. Yep, I wish she had her own podcast. She only does ads. Not a fan. But there you go. Hate the ads, huh? Well, Don't say it. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's just that it's not her putting out there her views or her take on the world. It's just Yeah, she's uh, very entertaining. I enjoyed her an awful lot. Um, yeah. In season one, and I, I wish that, that there was there was more of her too. I agree with that completely. Yep. Maybe she just doesn't want to do it. Maybe, maybe. We'll wait and see. That's so. what people are going to say about you. <laughs> we'll I wait wish and there see. was more of Adina. Yeah. I really wish so. there was more. Yeah. That's what they were going to say. Well, they should give us or me some suggestions. So, is that the end of your kind of favorite list? Yeah. 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 Well, there are other things you have listened to, but... I think, um, what was it, Invisibilia? I really enjoyed it as well. 
uh, Freakonomics, I drop in and out again because they're long episodes. Um, reply all every now and then, even though that it, it is a bit scripted, that one. <laughs> surprisingly awesome. Sometimes it's is surprisingly, surprisingly awesome. awesome. Sometimes, sometimes. The pigeon episodes is really okay. good. I really, yeah. Um, but the best shows, though, are... Analog Cortex and Bonanza. Nice work. That that wasn't difficult at all to do. (laughs) All right. Last question from Mark. And Mark asked us, you both have Apple Watches. Do you exchange heartbeats, doodles, and stuff like that, or did you just try it out and that was enough? We definitely don't do them as much anymore. We do every now and then. Yeah. But not as much. But you... Really like your Apple Watch, right? Yep, I do. Why? Um, because I'm really bad with my phone. I, well, I hate having the phone. I hate making when it makes noises or it vibrates or when it lights up. So it's always on full silent mode, and um, I can um, set it so only few things come to my watch, the most important things. Um, like me, exactly. And uh, it's less invasive, and I I do love that. And also, I love having on my watch the information that I need at one glance, which is time, temperature, and just what's coming up in either mine, my calendar, or yours. And I just love getting all of that information at a glance. I did try to use it for fitness purposes. I don't get it. It doesn't work for me. It what do you mean? Um, I find that when we go on a walk, uh, it's not calibrated well, maybe my watch. There and is something you can do. Yeah. Oh. There is something you can do. We haven't, neither of us have done that. There is a calibration mode that you can yeah. put the watch into. Um, but for me, like, I know that it's not doing the best job ever, but... I use it as like a guide mm. for showing my movement as opposed to treating it as gospel truth. Yeah, it's, there's something with it because even when I go to the gym, I think it annoys me that I do body balance, which is sort of Pilates, but I don't have a tab for Pilates and I always have to record it as other. And then I don't... What credentials does my Apple Watch yeah. have to push me? It's around? interesting that they don't have a yoga yeah. setting. I think um, they don't. I think they don't. Because that seems like something many people in San Francisco would do. Maybe I missed it. Who knows? Should we find out right now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have my watch on. All I've right. Been... So let's go to activity. Oh, the workout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. We have outdoor walk, outdoor run, outdoor cycle, indoor walk, indoor run, indoor cycle, elliptical, rower, stair stepper. So they really are kind of just gym yeah activities or running yeah it would be good to have more of the i don't know how or if they would track it the breathing exercise mm, like yoga yeah, yeah. pilates i mean so i guess it might it's difficult because be, your heart rate does not change that potentially much. but it might just not be difficult to just have a button yeah you press so at least you feel like it might be tracking you whether it is or it isn't but um, again, as part of my job, a lot of what I do is CRM, which is well, customer relationship management. And it's 
what Apple is trying to do, basically to track your every movement and to nudge you along to make you, well, consume more, buy more, whatever. But in this case, it would be to make you exercise more. And I think that Apple does not do that well. It, I, I just, I don't think it's credible enough for me to push me around to make me do things and doesn't are, motivate me. There are lots of people mm. that it works on. Yeah. I just don't think it works on me and you. Yeah. Because neither of us really feel compelled to exercise because of the Apple Watch. Yeah. But there have been many people that I know, I have many friends that have lost weight and and have been compelled to exercise and keep it up to this day because of the reminder of the device. Hmm. But I I don't know how they could convince us lazy bones to (laughs) do any exercise, but maybe, maybe there's a way. Yeah. But overall, though, your overall feeling is a positive one. So, like, yeah. in September, yeah, when the next Apple Watch comes out, mm-hmm. you might get another one. If the features if are good enough. Yeah. But, like, basically, you would continue this product. Yeah, I don't know. I'm no, I don't like the idea of changing my devices as soon as the new one comes out. I'm, I'm not saying that you'll but, be, like, first in line. But, yeah. like, you wouldn't be like, I had this one... This will be the only one I'll ever buy. I think that a year will probably go past until I That's change fine. my watch. Yeah, but you're still using a 5S. Yeah, so, exactly. But but like you plan to change that. Maybe, yes. Well, eventually you're going to need a new phone. I will have to. We're not yes. going to get back to... We're not going to be like what we were with the iPhone 4 again. <laughs> I still have it. it I still know you works. still have it, but it was horrific. Yeah, looking back and comparing it, yep, yep. Especially that, yeah, I use it every now and then when I go to Romania for my Romanian number, and my God, it is slow. And the thing is, it wasn't slow when it was its time. It's just after all of the upgrades came around. The phones became more capable. It became older. It, you know, and uh, the more you fill them up as well, the slower they get. But it's tough times. Okay, that's the end of our questions. Ooh, long list. It was a long list. But uh, a lot of good things, I think. Would you like to thank the audience for participating? Thank you for all of your questions. All very good. And we're sorry we didn't get to answer them all. But we already answered quite a few, I think. Yeah, we got we got to most of them. Most. It's not a democracy around here. Okay. We will answer every question. Mm. That's how this works. Um, I will reiterate for the people out there that they should go and uh, find you on social networks. <laughs> you cringe. You are uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. You are Adina, A-D-I-N-A-A-A. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been known to reply to tweets. You do not issue many tweets of your own. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think I just get covered in sweat if I ever have to post a tweet just thinking tweet about, about this? reaction. I'm probably not. You should. You should say, like, here Maybe is my... Uh, my next podcast endeavor, or my my <laughs> world tour of shows. You can tweet about it, but you do post uh, pictures with funny, thoughtful captions on Instagram very frequently. It's a yep, hobby. That, yep, yep, of yours. That, that's my main profile, main account. It's your social. main social network, Instagram. Pretty much, yeah. So people want to see what's happening in your life as well. You can go and do that. Yeah. Would you like to to sign us off with a, a British cheerio or something like that? Um, cheerio! Isn't that, isn't that Australian or 
No. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think of that. Cheerio was fine. That hmm. is a British thing to say. Oh, or ta. 